Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. It was Theodore Roosevelt who said regarding wisdom, and I paraphrase, until they know that you care, they won't care what you know. Last Sunday out at Mount Lebanon, I came down pretty one-sided on the vaccine. And that side is, please receive it as the miracle that it is. Trust, stick out your arm for the good of the whole. Now there are some who can't and shouldn't take this, and those are the ones who need our protection. But 51% of us cannot carry the load to wholeness. Now overwhelmingly, I had support from our remarks and weaving them into the lessons. There were some present that had chosen not to take it or were still discerning. But they received my words primarily because I've been serving here at St. James for three and a half years, and they know that I care. As many of you know, I still work over at the hospital as a part-time chaplain, and I see firsthand the tragedy that's going on in our community and the number of unvaccinated people, overwhelmingly so, in the ICU and record numbers of admissions daily. Now, interestingly, the only true negative remark I did receive um, was somebody that didn't know that, didn't know me and didn't know that I care so deeply. So I agree with President Roosevelt that he says, until they know you care, they won't care what you know. So I hope, that's all I'm gonna say about it, I hope you know how much I care and how scary things are right now. Not according to TV, I don't even turn it on anymore. But real life in our midst right down the street. Jesus has just said, eat my flesh. On top of that, he says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Now, can you imagine someone, even some of our younger ears, hearing this, someone not familiar with church language or the Bible, walking in the doors and hearing that? They might think we're cannibals or vampires or some sort of cult. But as regular churchgoers, we hear these words every Sunday, and we don't bat an eye. The body of Christ, the cup of salvation, shed for you. The blood shed for you. We're so accustomed to hearing these words, and we soften them a bit on a regular Sunday. But the, the strangeness has perhaps worn off. But today's gospel, even after I'm reading it for the second time today, not to mention how many times I've read it this week, doesn't let us forget how strange this really is and what a mystery it is. At another church where I worshiped, there was a young priest, very high church. At times he made the Roman Catholic church look like a Baptist tent revival. 
And during one service, one lady whispered over to me and she said, I'm waiting for him to fly off to the Catholic Church any day now. We Episcopalians are too Protestant for him. Well, I personally would love to see a few more smells and bells around here. He did take liturgy to extremes with his deep genuflects that my knees won't even let me do anymore. And um, turning the back on the congregation, which in the old days kind of signified that you go through the priest to get the God, not my theology. And if you've noticed, I try to, it's just my own personal way, is generally to step aside anytime we turn and face the altar because we go together. Well, one day he and I got in a theological discussion about this passage. And he immediately began his one-up comment that it was the only passage that the Protestant church doesn't take literally. Not true, but I understood what he was saying, trying to point he was trying to make. I quickly came back at him and said, well, it's the only verse in the Bible that you do take literally. Aha, gotcha. After our lighthearted exchange of one-liners, we both agreed that any further conversation about the subject would not be wise on any, either of our parts. Denominations have debated about the body and blood of Christ since its inception, and we were not going to solve the controversy about bread and flesh that day any more than we're going to solve it today or even solve any other controversy going around us today. Enough blood has already been shed, and that's the blood of Jesus. What we could agree on, and hopefully we can all agree on, is that Jesus has invited us to the table as Christ, and Christ himself is the host. We both could also affirm that Christ himself is truly present in our midst, and received in our Eucharist. But neither profess to explain, neither the priest nor I um, profess to explain how it's done. The, just as so many other things in the Gospel of John point to a deeper issue, that issues that are seen on the surface, John, like other Christian writers, saw bread and wine in the Eucharist as foretastes of something even greater to come. So the priest and I were not ready to go deeper that moment, but we knew that we cared about the other. Therefore, we cared what the other knew. And at the end of the day, I have to say that after we're putting aside all our immaturity, squabbles, and we join Jesus at the table. Interestingly, this is the point of both of our readings today that um, Paul says, be careful how you live, not as unwise and make the most of every opportunity. In spite of some of my disagreements with the priest, I've now grown in my thinking about liturgy and I've adopted some of the things that he talked about that day in my own thinking. 
in Proverbs, Lady Wisdom has invited those who are simple to come. She says, come, eat my bread and drink the wine I've mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. Now, I think most of us would agree that we should put aside foolishness, walk in the way of insight and wisdom. End of sermon. Let's all go have lunch. That's fine and dandy until there comes stress, comes into play, and major disagreements occur about how to solve the world's greatest crises. We all have our share with foolish people in our lives. And if we are truly wise, we too will admit that at times we are the foolish. Generally, I find that disputes only really get out of hand when we're detached from one another rather than conversing in a caring way. And that takes time to build relationships. The book of Proverbs is a collection of brief wisdom sayings by teachers of Israel, and it, it focuses on wisdom and practical decision-making that involves everyday decisions. But those who pen the Proverbs are quite aware that human wisdom is limited and that ultimate human beings find their guide for life from God. And that, too, takes time takes relationship to hear what God's speaking to us personally. Unfortunately, we only get to hear passages from Proverbs seven times over a three-year period. Now, if you come to morning prayer, you get to hear it more often, right? So, but whether Jesus is calling us to eat his flesh or the Apostle Paul or Lady Wisdom or saying, lay aside immaturity, we are invited and we're here together, all 40 of us together, where we, we get the opportunity for just these few moments to put aside our differences and participate in what is true wisdom and true love and true grace. Amen.